Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. Wednesday, December 13th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Wednesday card. Five games on tap, TNT doubleheader as well. Uh, looking forward to a Wednesday night of NHL action. Uh, we obviously had a lot of fun and uh, enjoyed another live betcast last night, the final one for 2023. I mean, just a shout out to everyone involved, everyone that joined us on the stream last night, everyone that was in a, the YouTube chat. Uh, taking part and commenting and uh, giving us their bets. Um, and it was just a, a, another night where it was just a lot of fun. Uh, up and down with the betting results um, last night with the live bets. It ended up being a profitable night for me, thanks to a couple of uh, uh, draw bets that came through, a couple other plus money winners. San Jose kind of helped as well. We had them at plus money. Um, but yeah, it was an overall very fun night, enjoyable, a great crew. We have a really, really likable group of people. Uh, that watch this show and yes. listen to this show that join us on the BetCast. So it was fun as always. And trust me, there's a lot more where that came from uh, in the new year, January and beyond. Plenty more Ice Guys Live BetCasts on the way. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Like I said, it was another great night. And like I said, it's a, a wonderful community that we have built uh, of hockey betters and fans that, you know, uh, to talk during the games and just have a, have a blast and have great discussions. Like, it's just a, a lot of fun. Even if the bets aren't winning, we still have a great time. But, uh, you know, it's always nice. And we did cash a couple of winners uh, like like we usually do. So it wasn't the, the most profitable of bet cash, but certainly another enjoyable one. Like I said, we got plenty more of those uh, coming into the brand new year. Yep, no doubt, and we're looking forward to that for sure. Now, before we get into a recap uh, of last night, and we also have a coaching firing uh, to talk about, which ended up uh, breaking. Uh, we reported that late last night during the BetCast. But before we get into the recap of all the Tuesday action, we do have a couple uh, Ice Guys show housekeeping uh, items uh, to take care of uh, here uh, on the uh, show. Just a couple, and I uh, we posted it on the uh, Ice Guys uh, uh, X uh, page just uh, earlier. Uh, we do want to mention some scheduling uh, things for the upcoming uh, end of the year because obviously uh, the Christmas holiday season is uh, coming up. Uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, uh, and Boxing Day, December 24th, uh, December 25th, and December 26th. Uh, there will be no NHL games those three days. So it's basically Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and what they call Boxing Day in Canada, uh, December the 26th. So no sh Ice Guys shows those three days. We'll be on every other day this month, pretty much, though. Um, the last day, be the last show before Christmas will be Saturday, December 23rd. And then the first show after Christmas Day will be Wednesday, December the 27th. All right, so that's going to be the schedule. So we'll be on till Saturday, December 23rd every day. And then we will be off those three days, and then we'll be back Wednesday, December 27th. And then we'll be on right through until New Year's Eve. And the New Year's Eve show, Sunday, December 31st, we'll start that one hour earlier, 11 a.m. Eastern, yeah. 10 a.m. Central, uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, because it's a huge card on New Year's Eve. And we know we're going to need more than an hour. And we also want to be out, as usual, before the NFL kicks off on uh, Sunday. So we're going to move it up to 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central on New Year's Eve. We'll also include the Winter Classic and a preview of Vegas, Seattle, in the New Year's Day NHL Winter Classic on the Sunday show, December 31st, and then we will be off with no show on New Year's Day 
Monday, January 1st, and then we'll be back Tuesday, January 2nd. So there you go, Alex. Uh, that's our schedule basically through the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, looking, you know, looking forward to it. Obviously, it's a you know tough time. I'll be off for a couple of days in between there because I'll be flying to Chicago, so I will be doing some shows from uh, back home. But yeah, but you know, that's uh, the way we have to kind of jingle it with, especially with this kind of odd that there will be Saturdays and Sundays without hockey. Uh, obviously, but with the holiday falling on those days, it's just kind of things roll. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, that's right. Everyone getting a kick out of my little voice there with the housekeeping. Yeah, that's that was <laughs> yeah, the that was intent. Pretty good. No doubt. All right, uh, Tuesday. Uh, NH is a huge card. Obviously, we were on the air during the betcast uh, during it. So we'll just go quickly. We did talk a lot about the games last night as they were taking place. So we'll go quick with the recap. Um, credit to Carolina. You know, they responded. They had the meeting. The response was the right one. It was one of their better games in some time. Four to one victory over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Ottawa had a little glimmer of hope to come back and make it interesting late with the Brady Kachuk penalty shot, but poke checked by uh, Kochekov. And there's that Kochekov intensity and fire as him and uh, Kachuk were jawing at each other uh, after that uh, poke check attempt. And uh, great performance by Carolina, one of their better uh, efforts in quite some time uh, as they get the uh, job done. Uh, a four to one victory over the Ottawa Senators. A much needed win as they return home after this. Pittsburgh with a much needed win, snapping their losing streak. And wouldn't you know it, after an 0 for almost 40 uh, slide with the power play, they score not once but twice with the man advantage last night to power them to a four to two victory over the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, desperately needed to see the uh, power play finally convert. For the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they were able to do that. The Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, probably the impressive performance of the night had to be them. 7-3 to three against the New York Rangers on a back-to-back, shorthanded, depleted blue line, missing you know several key components on that back end, and yet the Leafs were still able to get the job done in very, very impressive fashion. 7-3, to three, capitalized on all their opportunities. Not a great night in net for Igor Shosturkin. Not a great night for the Rangers defensively as a team. Very sloppy, but give them credit. I mean, it was a, a opportunistic bunch last night. It was Marner and Matthews uh, each scoring two goals for the Leafs last night. Your best players have to be your best players is one of the biggest cliches in sports, but it uh, rang true uh, last night for the uh, Leafs in that victory. Uh, Martin Jones was solid, steady. I think the three goals that beat him, he really didn't have much of a chance on any of them. So it was a good first start for him as a member of the Leafs in net. Very impressive 7-3 beatdown. And if you haven't seen it yet, I posted a clip of it on uh, X earlier. You got to take a look if you missed it and didn't see it while you watched the game live. The Jake McCabe hit on Ryan Lindgren. It was textbook. It was just a perfect open ice, clean hit, which is the way you do it these days. Don't target the head. Don't come charging from a mile away. Just line them up and put your shoulder into the chest. It was if you could run a hockey camp, Alex, and say this is how you have to body check and hit someone now in an NHL game to do it cleanly without taking a penalty, without getting suspended. Watch that hit on Ryan Lindgren last night in that Leafs Rangers game. A textbook, hard ass, bone crunching hit, but clean. That's the key word clean. You couldn't have done it any better. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, we need more examples of that to show to these younger players and, and even just older players, players around the league. Everybody kind of needs a frame of reference. And, and I don't think the league does that. You know, we talk about, you know, with Batman being on last night. And one of the things I really wish I had thought of was does the NHL put together film in the same way like the NFL does at the end of the season when they reviewing it, talking about hits and different things that they want to kind of change and clarify. And I feel like maybe the NHL doesn't do that. If they do, 
that's a hit that they need to put on a videotape and send all 32 teams around the league and say, hey, this is the way we want you guys to deliver big body hits. Not necessarily, like I said, going to the head, nothing to the neck, nothing going low down to the knees, but just something solid. And, and like I said, making a frame of reference uh, point of contact with a hit. So, that, like I said, it's definitely textbook and clean, and, and we need more examples of that. And there needs to be a compilation of good hits uh, so we can know what constitutes a good hit, what constitutes a dirty hit. Yeah, and uh, you want to know what constitutes a that that's the perfect hit because it was hard, it was vicious, it was hard, it was vicious, it was bone crunching, it rattled Ryan Lindgren, it put him on his can, but it was clean. It was, and that's 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 the perfect hit. You couldn't do it better. It's hard as fuck. It's gonna just put the uh the uh, you know put the uh, bone uh, it's bone crunching. It's gonna affect the player that is on the receiving end of the hit. He's gonna feel it, but it's clean. It's not gonna get the guy that laid the hit suspended. You know, and uh, it was, yeah, I thought it was one of the better open ice hits you're going to see in quite some time. We want to answer Tim's question here. It's a great question. What do you guys think about all the top goalies in the NHL? Not very solid so far. That's true. There's there's a bunch of them you could throw into that mix that have not been solid. Jake Ottinger's not been solid. You know, obviously, Igor Shesterkin's not having the season uh, we expected from him. Uh, and there's uh, there's other candidates, you know, out there that have just not really uh, had that great great season so far in between the pipes uh we probably expected even more that's you now we don't expect him to be a top goalie but we expected a little more out of levi now he's just a young kid but we probably did expect a little bit more out of him uh samsonov had a great year last year for the leafs he hasn't had a very a good start to the year this year for the leafs so there's a lot of examples right now alex if you're right these top tier goalies that have definitely um struggled with their confidence early on yeah, they have. And it's interesting. I, I watched NHL now about a couple of weeks ago and they were, they were talking about this very thing. And they were saying, you know, take a look back and go look at, you know, the top goalie numbers from 15 and 20 years ago. Obviously, you're going to see that the best goaltenders had, you know, much smaller goals against averages, higher save percentages, more games played because that's just how the game was. We talk about the dead fuck era and when things are changing. I think now we're seeing great goalies getting figured out because we have the most videotape. You know, you got guys watching, you know, iPads on the bench and the, you have the most offensive talent in the league right now. You know, you got a lot of skilled players. We're talking about the stuff that Adam Fantilli and Connor Bedard are doing, 25 games in the league already. They look like veterans. They're doing stuff that, that Stamkos and Crosby and Ovechkin have been doing. They've been in the league 15-plus years. So when you have this wealth of talent offensively and you have all these rules that support the offense, uh, you know, these great goaltenders are kind of getting exposed slightly. Not to say that they're bad. It's just that everybody's scoring. So – you know, the, the, the barometers and the the numbers have changed. Having a, a point, you know, a, a 2.5 goals against average is like having a 1.5 goals against average in the dead puck area at this point. You know, you're lucky to keep your, your goals against average below three nowadays with, with the kind of offense that we're seeing. And this is just only, like I said, 25 games in the year. As defenses start to wear down, as the goaltenders themselves start to wear down, we might still see more goal scoring uh, increased over the years. And then we'll see things kind of lock up like we normally do in March and April as teams get ready for the playoffs. But uh, I, I, I think we're going to start seeing even more scoring now, especially as we get to the holiday with these choppy schedules. Then we head into January. Everybody's tired. Everybody's looking forward to the All-Star break. We know how the, the nights and the games before the All-Star break tend to be absolute you know, pandemonium with goals because you got guys that are looking forward to their vacations if they aren't going to the All-Star game. So, uh, yeah, we're going to continue to see these goalie numbers not look as good now the the cream of the, of the crop will rise 
in February and March and April, and you'll see those regular names, the Vasilevskis, the Ottingers, the Sorrelses with good numbers, the Hellebucks. Uh, those numbers will, will will revert back to their stronger form, and then the you know the rest of them will just kind of regress to their their uh, normal form. So it, it give it time, but like I said, it's mostly because of how great the offense is in this league right now. Yeah, and that's true. It's almost supply and demand. And John's right. There's not enough quality, rock solid defensemen to handle the fact that now you get three lines on most teams that can contribute offensively, and some teams have four lines, and all four can contribute and be a threat uh, offensively. You got too many good forwards, not enough sturdy shutdown D, you know, one through six. So yeah. there's definitely some truth to that uh, as well. And, and that's got a lot to do with how the growth of the game. And we talk about, you know, we talked about this with some of the players we've had on about, you know, especially the guys who are working as coaches with you know, say, say the skill and the things that kids are working on now. No one's wanted to really be a shutdown, stay at home defenseman, right? I mean, that's like being a lineman in football or being a catcher in baseball. It's not the sexy position. That's not the, the superstar highlight position. But, you know, so as a result, you got less guys kind of working on that. And, and when they do work on it, it's because, you know, they're working on it in juniors so they can get to the NHL. You know, so that, that makes a big difference, too. You got, you know, kids that are working on being playmakers and scorers first. And that's why we're seeing the talent growth in offensively now, but it's also taking a hit on defense as well. So, you know, the, the sign of the times as well leads to all of it, kind of. Yeah, Petula Clark, it's sign of the times. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely right. It is that the uh, goaltending is, uh, you know, struggling a bit because of the defensive play is not as good in front of all these goalies. Look, Ottinger even. The defensive play from Dallas hasn't been great. Sorokin struggled, but that's a big product of defensive play being off the mark for the Islanders compared to where it's been uh, in years past. So there's definitely a lot of factors uh, to that. Plus, look at the drafts the last decade. How many uh, of the top five picks in the draft the last decade have been more so forwards, you know, whether they're wingers or centers than defensemen? Like, let's be real. You know, the real upper echelon, best of the best top draft picks for the last decade, the majority of them are that have been going in the top five every year been forwards. It's just the way it is. And also, look at this. When's the last time we've seen – think about all the good, the great goalies in the league. How many of them are first, second, third-round draft picks? Not too many of them. How many stories have we seen fifth, sixth-round, seventh-round guys that, that emerge and be these top quality guys? Now, that's not to say anything of, you know, uh, you know obviously that they, are, they end up being good goaltenders in the league, but my point is that – Maybe the goaltending has kind of taken a dip overall, too. We aren't seeing goalies where people are just going nuts over them and grabbing them in the first and second rounds because they aren't showing that, you know, their ceilings aren't, you know, of a Bordeaux or a Wah or a Rene or a, a Corey Crawford or something of that nature, you know, to kind of make it a little more modern. So I think, like I said, it's, it's, it's a whole trickle-down thing, too. You have just the, – the talent is improving more at the forward position than it is the defense and goaltending around the world from, from a, a youth and junior level. Hundred percent true, and you're seeing it play out in the draft. Uh, you know the draft selections, especially uh, the the upper uh, selections. You're right. The Rasmus Dahlin number one pick. That's uh, that that's an exception to the rule right now with uh, the Sabers when they when they took him. You know, a long long time ago, uh, it was, uh, several years ago with their first uh, round pick. Uh, what else did we see last night? We saw Philly Nashville three two overtime win for Nashville. Very disappointing because Philly I thought outplayed Nashville, but and they did come back and tie it, and we get the draw for me, but. Uh, unfortunately, Nashville wins in overtime 3-2. Seattle, credit to them, slumping their uh, – or beating – or snapping, I should say, their losing streak. 4-0 uh, win against Florida. Vancouver just keeps on playing well. 4-1 against Tampa Bay, who continue to struggle on the road. What are they now, 5-11? and 
uh, on the road this year, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, very, very uh, disappointing run for them away from home. Uh, credit to the Calgary Flames, kind of like Toronto, back-to-back, pretty tough spot after that Colorado game, which is a very intense, fast-paced game. And the Calgary Flames fall 5-4 to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, in that one. That was a good result for me. I had the team total over. I had the draw uh, a piece of that as well. Uh, with the uh, Flames, I took, got greedy, took a shot with Vegas in regulation there. Thought I was going to get that at plus 375, but Calgary ends up tying it uh, with the uh, goal in the final minute. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, 4-1 to win against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, had the over, which lost, but also had the Edmonton team total over, which lost. And, of course, we cashed our plus 300 uh, same-game parlay uh, in that Blackhawks-Oilers game with uh, a point each for McDavid. Um, Dry Seidel, Hyman, Bouchard, and Connor Bedard. So that was absolutely outstanding uh, to see that uh, come through plus three hundred. Uh, and uh, that, those, I figured that was going to be a game where we had a real shot to cash in one of those point parlays, uh, especially for the Edmonton, yeah. the Edmonton players, you know, making up most of it. So uh, that was good to see that four to one win for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And then, of course, the, we all saw the San Jose Sharks in a brutal spot. And we talked about this at the end of that game last night where yep. we've seen great San Jose teams shit the bed coming home off a road trip. And we've seen what's supposed to be one of the worst San Jose teams of the last 20 years who have been on this run of heroics and comebacks on that road trip, come back home and still get the job done, beating Winnipeg 2-1. to one. So very, very imp- impressive, resilient effort from the uh, Sharks last night. Uh, good goaltending from Blackwood. Uh, Hard-fought, uh, tough-luck loss for Laurent Brossois, who I thought played very well for the uh, Winnipeg Jets as well, even though they uh, ended up losing that game two to one. The one game we didn't get to, because I wanted to save it till the end because of what happened after the game, uh, Detroit with the six to four win against St. Louis last night and the end of Craig Berube, the chief has been sent packing and what a bizarre, not a bizarre press conference from Doug Armstrong, the GM, but you talk about quoting and he just said a bunch of things that um, you look at the, uh, uh, the way he basically reflected on, this decision to fire Craig Berube saying I had a bunch of sleepless nights. This was very disappointing and it gets tiresome. He said to read the newspaper every day and you're reading quotes from the players and the coaches on the opposition saying, what a gut check win. What a gritty win. What a great win. We needed this. Uh, We needed to get right. Uh, Well, I can't believe we persevered a back-to-back spot. We, uh, you know, we played last night and we found a way to win. And he's probably thinking back to the Columbus game where it was Columbus on a back-to-back, Columbus depleted, and Columbus beat St. Louis. And then last night, it was supposed to be a good spot for St. Louis. Detroit on a back-to-back, no Larkin, injuries, and Detroit still ends up beating St. Louis. And it's like we were the get-well team for all these opponents that we've been playing lately. And we had to start evaluating and saying, why do these guys think this way about the way we they played? How about we start thinking about how we played? in these games. So, uh, and then he said uh, another quote, he had a couple of really uh, honest, brutally honest quotes in the press conference. He also said, I could keel over and get hit by a bus in an hour or, or get fired today. And I feel I haven't left this organization and franchise in a better spot than what I inherited. And that's pretty brutally honest from Doug Armstrong. So pretty critical of his own work you know, as the general manager right now of the St. Louis Blues. And that's pretty telling. I couldn't believe it. I heard that. It's like I could get hit by a bus in an hour and I'm going to I'm going to go down as a GM that probably hasn't uh, left this team in a better spot than when I uh, started uh, as GM years ago. So um, pretty, uh, pretty telling, pretty honest 
uh, assessment of the way things are going right now from Doug Armstrong with the uh, St. Louis Blues. I don't know what he wants, though, from this team. I think he still has these inclinations of this um, St. Louis Blues team being this great team, this playoff contending team. That's not what, where they're at right now. They are trying to basically retool, rebuild for the future. You know, Krug is not going to be there long term. Um, a lot of their older players uh, there uh, are not going to be there long term as well. They got age on the blue line. Even Pareko is looking his age these days, not playing as well as he did, say, a few years ago. So, you know, a lot of older players, the average age is that you're trying to, inf- you know, get your Robert Thomases and your Jake neighbors in there. Uh, but you're trying to really, you know, move out the older uh, guard, if you will. So I'm not sure what he expected. You know, it, did he come into this season expecting this team to be playoff caliber? Because if he did, you know, I think he's badly mistaken. They're not. And, yeah, I think firing the coach is maybe needed because they, they, they the, the message wasn't getting through and the results have been bad lately. But I'm not so sure long term. This feels like John Hines a little bit maybe with Minnesota, with Drew Bannister, the Springfield uh, head coach from the AHL taking over, where you're going to get that bump. And I'm probably going to bet St. Louis first game uh, with the coaching change when they play next. But I, I don't think it's sustainable because really this roster is just not really that great right now. Uh, and, and playing in a tough division, playing in a tough conference, not sure how far up they expect to go. You know, And I think if they uh, were honest with that, Doug Armstrong was honest with that. He was pretty honest today at the press conference, but I'm sure he knows this roster is not playoff caliber. Uh, and uh, yes, you can change the coach, but I don't know if that's going to really turn things around when you've got just so many teams that are on paper right now better than your roster. Really that simple. Alex, what did you think of the coaching change? Uh, I mean, it, you know, it, it, I think it's needed at some point. I, I'm shocked it happened now, but I'm not shocked it happened at all. And I think it's funny, the number of beat writers who seemed like they were just, oh, my God, up in arms. And I'm like, you know, every beat writer should probably have a friend who's in the gambling industry because we all knew that the odds for Barubi to get fired were like second or third favorite for quite some time. Like even going back to the beginning of the season, uh, we knew this is a bad St. Louis team. And like I said, great comments by Doug Armstrong being candid and honest and, and, you know, kudos to him for making this change for the reason that he did saying that, yeah, you know, we're the, the, the team that everybody's, you know, getting right off of and, and, and eating off of, we can't have that happen. And uh, even if you're a team that's rebuilding, you can't let that happen. You can't be, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, dog food bowl, you know, for, for every puppy to come eat out off of. And, and that's where St. Louis was. So for them to make that change, good for them. But if I'm uh, up top, if I'm the, the ownership, I'm reaching underneath the desk and I'm hitting the detonate button. I'm getting rid of Armstrong. I'm clearing house and uh, starting the rebuild because they need to do that. And I think they need to go younger. St. Louis is kind of one of those organizations, a lot like Minnesota, a lot like how Chicago is back in the day, where they they they're real kind of you know close knit. They always want to get you know get a, another you know St. Louis guy in there. I think maybe they need to kind of get away from that mentality. I think you need to you need to progress a little bit. And just because that you know the guy had history in St. Louis, that doesn't mean he's just a fit to come back and work in St. Louis. So there's a lot of things I think that need to change with this just just the kind of culture of the St. Louis Blues in the in the rebuild as well so uh they got a lot to work on like you said with all the other great teams in the western conference this this move's not going to do much for them that you know like i said we'll have a short little bump that we can bet on but as far as uh that team that franchise they they need a they need to strip it down and uh i think that that probably will be starting now and certainly we'll have hopefully more of a of movement in the offseason 
Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. St. Louis plays Ottawa, and I'm not I'm not actually totally 100% on board just blindly betting the Blues tomorrow night because I know Ottawa was pretty ticked at the way they played last night. Yeah. I heard Kachuk, I heard Josh Norris, I heard DJ Smith. Just not I'll say the same thing, not good, unacceptable, just bad, bad hockey uh, really from them. Just uh, once they got behind and they made mistakes with the puck turnovers, so probably get a good effort from Ottawa tomorrow night. So that's not necessarily a uh, Final decision for me that uh, will be on the Blues. So that's going to be a tough one because it's going to be like, can you fade Ottawa? Can you fade St. Louis? You don't really want to fade either in that spot tomorrow night. But we'll talk more about that tomorrow on the uh, Thursday show. Uh, let's get into the Wednesday night games. We've got five of them, and we'll start in Montreal. Pittsburgh Penguins, Montreal Canadiens. Pittsburgh minus 150, road favorites, six the total uh, here in this game. The Penguins, much-needed victory last night. Finally seeing the puck go in, which I'm sure for them was a relief. Uh, especially with the uh, power play as they finally uh, you know, break that ugly, and I mean ugly, almost 0 for 40 that they had uh, with the uh, man advantage. Uh, Sam Montembeau in net for the uh, Canadians tonight, uh, 2.78 goals against, 9.12 save percentage. Uh, not bad, a solid effort, solid uh, results overall. He was actually pretty uh, solid. The last time we saw him actually was uh, against the uh, LA Kings December 7th. He gave up four goals, but he faced 42 shots. Really, the only reason they hung around in that game was because uh, of, you know, Montembeau keeping the minute. Uh, Alex Nadelkovich will get the nod here for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Not at all a surprise with uh, Jari getting the start last night in the front end of the back-to-back against uh, Arizona. If you look at the way Montreal is going right now, uh, they've been uh, kind of a up-and-down team. They are still, believe it or not, 500, 5-5 five and five in the last 10, uh, but they've alternated wins and losses this entire month of December, lost to Detroit, win in the next game against Seattle, lost to L.A., win in the next game against Buffalo, and then they lost to uh, Nashville uh, in their last game. You know what's funny is head-to-head, Montreal has been a problem for Pittsburgh here. They've won four of the last five meetings. Two of those games have gone to overtime in the last five meetings. So Pittsburgh's gone to overtime or shootout in three of the last seven games. Montreal's had three overtime shootout games the last 10. So I'm going to do a little Montreal draw split for me personally here uh, in this one. Canadians plus 130, a little bit on the draw here as well. I think the first period uh, might uh, be an overlook as well, but primarily here for me going to go with the uh, Canadians plus 130 the draw here also at a very solid price figure we get a pretty competitive close game and we have had some overtime history between the Penguins and the Canadians uh Alex what do you think here Pittsburgh Montreal so I like the draw here in this spot too and we got to talk about something it's funny I just brought it up a couple of days ago I brought up the disclaimer that I usually always bring up about uh, never looking at the yes no overtime props you want to look for the regulation draw because you're usually getting shortchanged with the yes no prop well as we always say shop around because things are different with every book at bet online right now if you go look for the draw here with the three-way line you'll see plus 325 and if you go to the yes no prop you will now find yes at plus 350 so my guess is that dave and adam are watching this show or they got somebody over there at bet online watching the show because nobody else in the world has been talking about this except for me so with that being said uh, if you have a, a, a bet online account, you're going to want to play this on the yes, no prop. If you are playing anywhere else in the world, you're more than likely going to be looking at your regulation draw. So you have to shop around regulation draw more than likely will still be the best value, but that does not apply to all books. So I want to give that disclaimer out now and have to kind of change that up a little bit. That being said, like I said, it's a close series with these two teams. Pittsburgh's not a team that I trust to lay a price. 
so, if, you know, if this didn't have the overtime, issue, I would probably consider pens and regulation, or if they were at home, I would consider pens and regulation. But being on the road and with the halves kind of playing tight as well, I, I like the, the draw here. So get the regulation draw at the best price that you can. I agree, definitely. I think there is a draw potential, no question, with the uh, Penguins and the Canadians. And as far as uh, player props tonight, I do want to mention there are a couple you know, advantageous situations. You know, we're waiting on Slepkovsky, Uri Slepkovsky, with playing with Suzuki and Caulfield to step up. You know, I, I keep betting it, hoping that one of these days he pots one. Uh, but he, he's got every opportunity. He's playing with Suzuki and Caulfield. So, yeah, he hasn't been uh, stepping up yet, but I don't want to be not betting that prop on the night he eventually scores. So uh, I am back to the uh, Slavkovsky. Well, I do want to point out for the uh, Penguins, they have Drew O'Connor on the top line and the Finn, Volteri, Pustin, and on the uh, second line. So again, uh, will they convert? I don't know, but they're playing with uh, O'Connor's with Crosby and Gensel. Uh, Pustin is with Malkin and Smith. Um, so you're talking about opportunity for both of them uh, here in this game. So uh, again, value with both of those players up the lineup for Pittsburgh as well. All right, next up, we've got the Boston Bruins and the New Jersey Devils. Uh, no, sorry, we've got a uh, skip one rotation order. Anaheim Ducks, New York Islanders. Uh, we've got the Islanders minus 200 home favorites, six the total shaded to the under. Do you guys even have to guess? Do you even have to think twice about what I'm betting here in this game? You know what it is. If there's uh, the Toronto Maple draws not far behind them are the New York Islanders who have been just uh, an overtime and a shootout palooza in their games for really the better part of the last two to three weeks at least. I mean, it's just mind-boggling how many close games the Islanders play. They get a lead. They let the other team get back in it. Uh, they're down in a game, and they come back. You know, they've done a little bit of both. They've been down in a game. They've come back to force overtime. They've been up a goal or two in the third, and they've blown many, many leads this year and, and allow the team to come back and force overtime. The Islanders have gone past regulation now in five of their last eight games. So plenty of overtime late action lately for the uh, New York Islanders. The Ducks are struggling. They're reeling. No question about that. Just one and nine in their last 10 games. The only victory was a shootout win against Colorado. Uh, they lost uh, the rematch in Denver against the Abs. one nothing loss at Chicago. 4-2 loss at home against Winnipeg. That was a horrendous loss for the Jet for the Ducks because they were up 2-0 early in that third period. Winnipeg with four unanswered goals to come back and win 4-2. That being said, the Ducks have been, well, they've been awful at home. Uh, and actually, they have the same amount of wins on the road, but their road record is slightly better uh, than their home record. And uh, I could see them making it tough on the Islanders and desperate hockey team because that's what the Ducks are. They have not played well. They've obviously had a tough time winning, but I do expect them to bring that sense of urgency here with them uh, into this game with the uh, Ducks and the Islanders. So I like this draw. I like this over uh, as well with the uh, Ducks and the Islanders. Again, we're going to keep we're going to keep betting Islander games over because they're consistently mispriced right now. Uh, this is not that Barry Trotz Islander team, which is defensively sound and offensively inept. It's actually kind of the opposite right now. They're offensively pretty good lately, and defensively they're challenged. It's been the opposite for the Islanders. And as a result, you look at them from an overs perspective, they're actually a profitable over team uh, on the season. Uh, the Islanders, just in their last um, few games here, we've seen them trend. Uh, let me just count it up here. Four, uh, five, five, six, and one to the over in their last seven games. Uh, the head-to-head -head series, Anaheim and the New York Islanders, four of the last five meetings have gone over the total with final scores of 6-5, 6-3. So over the total for me, uh, six, and also like in the draw here, 
uh, with the Ducks and the Islanders. Might sprinkle a very small bet, too, on Anaheim, but primarily for me, the draw in this game. What do you think here, Alex? Ducks, Islanders. Yeah, we're going to the chat. Should we should we call them Draw Island or Drawlanders? No, Draw Island. That's fantastic. There I you think go. Draw Island is great. Yeah, yeah. That's a all winner right. right there. Draw right. Island. So, yep. So back to Draw right. Island, especially when they play at home. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah. So we're rolling with that. I'm on the I'm on the draw as well. And James Strange mentioned about the the correct score. This is one where you take maybe two, two, and three, three, kind of play them small and and look, try to grab some profit too. Uh, that's something I'm going to probably start looking at a little bit more. We got lucky with the one that we hit the, earlier, uh, you know, last week, but I think this, that is something that we could probably kind of just add in and sprinkle when we play these draws, especially in the second, uh, half of the season, that might be the new little trend that we do with, uh, in, with, in regards to draw season. But that's the only thing I like here. Can't back Anaheim, man. This team has really pissed me off ever since I backed them to be a surging team toward the playoffs. Uh, just a, a, a dismal run. And like I said, with the Owls, you know, they, they still haven't clamped down yet hard on defense, but maybe Anaheim comes in here and plays kind of into their style, and this game's kind of slow. So we'll go with the draw, and I will sprinkle some uh, correct score uh, regulations on 2-2 two, two, and 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look for, believe it or not, Islander props are starting to become more appealing with uh, what they've been doing offensively uh, lately. And Bo Horvat, man, he, he is on a five-game point streak uh, three, five, seven, eight, nine points, three goals in the last six games. I mean, so Bo Horvat goal assist. If you want to take a shot with Bo Horvat over one and a half points, he does have multi-point games, three of the last six for the Islanders. So not bad. Yeah, Drawlanders. That's not bad, Benjamin. That's not a bad one. Draw Island. I like more, but Drawlanders is not. We'll bad. we'll we'll do it. We'll do a poll on our uh on our yeah. Twitter. So follow at the underscore ask guys. We'll have a poll rolling for the next couple of days on that. Yeah, yeah. But Toronto Maple draws was that's the option. That's great. Oh yeah, that. yeah, that's perfect for them, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know what? Someone that's really actually been noticeable for the uh, Islanders too lately, even though he's only on the third line, uh, Simon Holmstrom. Simon Holmstrom's had a nice season for them. For Anaheim, you know, for them, obviously tough sledding. Uh, you know who they miss and is Mason McTavish. There's no question. You could say they miss Zegras too. I think they miss McTavish even more. Because he's just all over the puck. He's just a dog on a bone. He's, he's just an incredible forechecker uh, for this team. And that work ethic he brings, they really miss that. No question. Um, if I'm going to look at Ducks props, you know, Kalorn is someone that's, you know, a guy that started the season injured for this team. But he's scored in a couple of their recent games. Uh, maybe Carlson. We'll see if he can get it rolling. Brett Leeson. Here's someone that's moving up the lineup for Anaheim. Brett Leeson up to the second line for the uh, Ducks tonight. So, Keep an eye on that. There's some opportunity there from a value standpoint with uh, Brett Leeson. All right, Boston, New Jersey. We've got the uh, New Jersey Devils minus 125 home favorites, six being the uh, total in this game. This is the first game of tonight's TNT doubleheader with Kenny Albert, Edzo, uh, Eddie Olchick, and Brian Boucher uh, calling this one here. Bruins and Devils should be a good one. Two of the better teams in the uh, Eastern Conference. Um, you know, we've got the Bruins. Uh, battling some key absences right now. If you look at them coming into this game, 18 and eight on the season, but Charlie McAvoy out Pavel Zaka, who has been their number one center uh, this season, also expected to miss this game for the Boston Bruins. So a little bit of a lineup shuffle going on uh, for the uh, Bruins and by Jim Montgomery uh, for this game. We'll get to that in a moment. As far as the props are concerned, there's really some advantageous opportunities uh, as far as player props for Boston tonight with some of these uh, lineup changes that are happening. New Jersey coming back off the road, the Western road trip uh, through Vancouver, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton. 
three and one road trip. Pretty good overall. I think Lindy Ruff and the Devils will take that. Uh, beating Vancouver, Seattle, Calgary, falling short four to one against uh, Edmonton in the final game of that trip. Now they return home. Always a bit of a tricky spot here. First game off that trip. And Boston has owned New Jersey, by the way. I want to point also that out. Five straight head-to-head meetings for the uh, Bruins that they have won uh, over the Devils. Uh, Devils haven't beaten the uh, Bruins since uh, May 4th of 2021. So that was uh, over two years ago, two and a half years ago. But I don't know. There's something I'm not unsettling about taking Boston here because I I lean that way. But I'll tell you what, without McAvoy, without um, Zaka, uh, the Devils, when you look at them, Playing some good hockey right now. And like I say, the record with Heashear and Hughes, both in the lineup for um, New Jersey, it's been very, very impressive. I think it's a really tough side for me uh, based on series history, based on the spot. I got probably have to lean Boston, but I don't know if I'll actually uh, end up betting it. Maybe we'll look for something live. It's a pass for me for now uh, on this one. It's not a pass for props. I'll get to those in a minute. Uh, What do you think here, Alex? Bruins, Devils. Yeah, I'm just keeping this one simple. I like first period over. I grabbed the dollar thirty-five at Caesars, and I like both teams to score in the first period. Uh, like say, yeah, sidewise, it's probably be a game, TNT game, so I'll be watching it. Might try and look for something live. Now, you know, I remember too, and it's funny because kind of going back and looking with Boston, the majority of the of the money I've made on Boston has come from either first periods or betting on them live in game, especially when they're down a goal and usually coming back. Uh, so, you know, that's just kind of some teams that I kind of read a little bit better watching the game than the pregame. And I kind of looked back, Boston was one of those teams. So that's probably the way I'm going to be uh, approaching them for, for a little bit. Should be a good one to watch. So we'll go first period over and both teams score in the first pregame and then we're trying to look for something live. Yeah, uh, this is definitely more of a prop game for me uh, with the Bruins and the uh, Devils. Uh, you know, it's funny with the total. I would first period over and full game over are leans for me. But the problem is uh, it had been an over series with them until last year when they played two of the last three were 2-1, 3-1 for uh, Boston. So I think it's tricky. It depends on the goaltending, too. I'm way more interested in an over if Vanacek is in net Definitely. Uh, for New Jersey. But we don't have confirmation of that yet. And we actually don't have confirmation for the Boston starter in net either. We've got Swayman and Vanacek uh, as the uh, projections right now. Uh, but neither one is confirmed. So this is a wait-and-see approach. If you're a Patreon member, or the community tab when we post the card. Obviously, I'll have all my uh, selections and wagers finalized, uh, and we'll have definitive uh, bets uh, locked in by then. But for now, it's just wait. Let's wait to see what the goaltending situation is. As far as the props go uh, for New Jersey, it looks like Eric Halla. Those of you asking, he is back uh, in the lineup. It looks like recovered from that upper body injury. He was out of the Edmonton game. Looks like he's going to be on the third line with Mercer and Holtz tonight. To Foley, Hughes, Jack Hughes, and Timo Meyer on the top line. Andre Pilat, Nico Hishier, Jesper Bratt uh, on the uh, second line right now for the uh, Devils. Jack Hughes has been phenomenal. It's actually been, he's, for those of you into shots on goal, I believe he's uh, he's been going um, over his shot prop quite a bit, you know, at home. So that's something to keep in mind. If it is Vanacek, I'm definitely more interested in the over. First period and full game, if that's the case, Rich. I'll tell you that right now. And then as far as the um, Boston Bruins, we've got some great opportunities here. There is some lineup changes, obviously, as you would expect, with no Zaka up front. So the center ice position is shifted. I thought maybe they'd elevate Charlie Coyle to the top-line center spot. But Jim Montgomery going off the board here and putting Morgan Geeky at the uh, top-line center spot here tonight for the uh, 
uh, Boston Bruins. He got an assist against Arizona. He's only got uh, two goals and five assists on the season, but he's getting a huge opportunity here tonight, uh, centering the top line uh, in between uh, Jake DeBrusque and David Posternock. And that's the other guy to keep an eye on for props tonight is Jake DeBrusque. He's now up on the top line. So it's a newly minted, newly formed top line for Boston tonight. DeBrusque with uh, Geeky in the center spot. And then, of course, Pasta, David Posternock on the right side uh, of that top line. So great opportunity here. I think DeBrusque probably has some great prop value tonight on the left wing side of that top line. You can get Jake DeBrusque here to get a goal at plus 290, uh, plus 200 to get an assist. And Morgan Geeky in the game tonight. How about plus 470 at FanDuel? Uh, for him to find the uh, back of the net tonight. Again, centering the top line unless something changes at the very last minute. He's going to be centering the top line here for the uh, Bruins tonight. So that's the kind of value we look for. Again, it's not always going to capitalize. You're not always going to be able to cash with these angles. Like with Noah Gregor last night, he was on the top line with Toronto. He was plus 850. He didn't score, but you got to bet it when you're someone up the lineup moving to the top line at that price. Same thing with Morgan Geeky. Doesn't mean he's going to score, but he's on the top line centering that uh, unit, and he's plus 470 at that price. You got to take it as far as I'm concerned. So uh, definitely some value there with the uh, Bruins uh, as far as uh, the props go. I would also consider the uh, a couple of the other centers here as far as uh, props on the Bruins. Coyle, you know, has been pretty reliable lately. He scored against Arizona. They're going to need his offense now, especially with Zaka, who's been pretty good for them out. Uh, and maybe you look toward Matty Patra. He slowed down a little bit here the last month or so, did pick up uh, an assist in the Arizona game, though, for the um, – uh, Boston Bruins. All right, we move along now. Next up, it is Buffalo and Colorado. This is the second game of tonight's TNT doubleheader. Uh, we've got the uh, Avs minus 190 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, here in this game. Uh, interesting matchup here. Interesting spot because the Colorado Avalanche have not played their best hockey lately, even in the win against Calgary, the comeback in the third period to beat the Flames there. Uh, that wasn't a great Colorado 60-minute performance, but sometimes with Colorado, they turn on the uh, afterburners, especially offensively. Um, they can just turn a loss into a win, and that's exactly what they did in that third period, 6-5. to five. Uh, Wasn't a shining performance from Vladar uh, in net necessarily either, But uh, and you have to credit them for coming back, but really this Colorado team, the last seven games, they're just 2-5. and five. They have not played great. They've lost to the Jets and the Flyers at home as massive favorites. Barely beat Calgary. Barely beat Anaheim at home after they had lost to Anaheim in the game before that. So, you know, not 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 great from the Avalanche right now. And, of course, they had three straight road losses before this homestand against L.A., Anaheim, and uh, Arizona. They go on the road for a game against Winnipeg Saturday night after tonight. So it's the end of this homestand. Now, not exactly a team that's got the form I want out of a minus 190 favorite. The question is, can we trust Buffalo? And um, Buffalo used to be a team we could really, really see them sneak up and pounce in these spots. Road underdogs against quality competition, especially last year. We saw the Sabres do really well in these spots. They have not been as good uh, in these spots this year uh, for the most part. However, they have shown in the last couple of weeks, a couple of times they have been able to rally the troops and take down one of these better teams as a road dog. The Ranger game 
back on November 27th. They won 5-1. to one. They were a plus-190 underdog in that game. Just last week against Boston, albeit Boston was dealing with the illness bug running through the team a little bit, but Buffalo still ended up beating them 3-1 to one as a massive underdog in Boston against the Bruins last week. So uh, to me, this is um, one of those situations where I don't, I don't think Colorado is going to have an easy time of it. Let's also remember last year uh, between these two teams, um, we saw Buffalo go into Colorado last December, December 15th, and beat Colorado by a score of 4-2. to two. It was one of their better games uh, probably uh, of the entire regular season. Uh, Buffalo also beat Colorado this year back in October in Buffalo 4 to nothing. So it has been a very, very tough head-to-head matchup. There haven't been many easy games for Colorado against Buffalo. Prosvetov, by the way, uh, Ivan Prosvetov in net for them tonight. It's not exactly a goalie that I think, yeah, let's lay minus 190 with Ivan Prosvetov uh, in net for the uh, Avalanche. Uh, not exactly uh, the goalie that I think of, uh, someone I trust when I'm looking to lay a number like this. Uh, 2.75 goals against, 9.12 save percentage, but his last two starts have been rocky. Three goals allowed to Anaheim, five goals allowed, lit up by Philly. Uh, in his last start in that 5-2 loss to the Flyers. So this is one where I'm going to do the Sabres and draw split and the over as well in this game, over 6.5 with the uh, Sabres and the Avs. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Buffalo, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. last night during the Metcast, I had to slip out for about an hour and do radio with uh, uh, Ken Thompson on SportsX Radio. We talked about Colorado, and I said they are the number one team that needs to go out and get a veteran backup goalie that they can fully trust because Yorgiev has already played 23 games, uh, and he's going to need a rest. They're going to have to split it, split up that time and not run him into the ground. But Prosvetal is not the guy. He's, he's not that guy at all. And, and at this price, like you said, with Buffalo, it was Pe- Uko Pekalukin and Net who got that 4 nothing shutout when they played in Buffalo. That was a Sunday afternoon, a Saturday or Sunday. It was an early afternoon start, uh, like we recall. And then, like you said, Buffalo came in the ball arena last year, about what, 363 days ago, and beat Colorado. So when you have that uh, kind of history, and Buffalo just seems to kind of match up well against Colorado. We talk about this all the time. There's some good teams like Colorado, like Toronto, and, and they're these high prices. And they just, for some reason, a team will come in, maybe not nearly as good, but just, you know, give them fits and, and find ways to beat them. So I'm taking a shot with Buffalo at plus 170. Might sprinkle a little bit on the draw, too, but I like the I like the side a little bit more. I think the Sabres can go in and uh, steal two, a couple points from uh, Colorado tonight. And it's not just the win-loss record, the the the, the base numbers, the you know, the win-loss record. All the peripheral numbers, you know, and I'm not the biggest analytics guy, but when you look at goals for expected goals for and against lately, Colorado's numbers are middling right now. Okay, they they really, really are. And carrying the play, they're not doing that as much lately. Like this is a team that's just they're not even close to their peak level of performance right now. When Colorado's on rolling on all cylinders, you can clearly see it. You're not seeing it right now. Not even not even maybe not even close to the best that the Colorado Avalanche can be uh, right now. So as long as they're going to be priced like a team that's dominating, you know, it's going to, I'm going to be looking for spots to go against them. Like I did with Philadelphia when I cashed with the Flyers against the Avs, you know, like I've, like I've tried to do a couple of times uh, as of late uh, against this Avs team there. I think there was another one too, that I was going against them as a massive favorite lately. Oh yeah. The, well, not a massive favorite, but yeah, I was on the jets too when they went into Colorado and they beat the Avs. So um, I have no problem tra- taking a shot against them as chalk right now. And clearly, Alex, you agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. In terms of props here for this game, there's are a couple that are uh, of interest here uh, for me right now with the uh, Sabres. The one that stands out, like Paterka, we know has been producing. Keep an eye on Alex Tuck. Uh, he is a guy that's been uh, banged up lately, but he's expected to return from his four-game absence with a lower body injury. And I expect him to take up the top line's right-wing spot like he normally does with Tage Thompson. But Zach Benson, the rookie, has been moved up to the top line here for the uh, Buffalo Sabres tonight. So there's another uh, betting angle here where we like the uh, you know Zach Benson now up on that top line at plus 490 at FanDuel. Uh, to score a goal tonight. You cannot deny the value and the price there uh, for uh, Zach Benson if he's going to be on the top line here uh, in this game for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And he's going to get power play two unit time as well uh, for the uh, Sabres tonight. Uh, you want a sneaky one. You know, we don't always talk defensemen, but Rasmus Dahlin has three points and a couple of goals uh, in the last three games for the uh, Sabres. So Dahlin might be someone to look at right now. He's shooting the puck quite a bit. You know, of late as well. Four, five, four, three, four, six. The number of shots on goal for uh, Rasmus Dahlin from the blue line in the last six games for the uh, Sabres. So uh, he might be someone that could find that back of the net tonight as well. That probably will go on my player prop card as well. Rasmus Dahlin, not uh, afraid to try to shoot the puck and make it happen uh, for the uh, Sabres right now. On the Colorado side uh, of the equation, while I think they're going to be in a battle, I still expect them to be able to produce a little bit offensively. Big Bell, Nachushkin, McKinnon, and Rantanen. Jared Bednar reunited that line. They look pretty good against Calgary. Couldn't argue with either of those three guys. Uh, Druan, Johansson, and uh, Tatar, uh, the second line. Uh, Thomas Tatar scoring the last game, and he needed that. He had been in a big-time drought. Uh, Druan with Johansson and uh, Tatar right now on the second line. I keep saying Drew Anna with up in that second line. You could look toward a goal and an assist prop with him right now as well for Colorado. All right, next up, the final game of this Wednesday card, and it should be a good one. The Winnipeg Jets and the Los Angeles Kings. We've got uh, L.A. minus 180 home favorites here, six the total, uh, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Back-to-back situation for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, but I think we saw clearly last night uh, on the BetCast that you can't just blindly fade the back-to-back team anymore. You know, we have seen the back-to-back teams play well. Look at Detroit at St. Louis. Look at the Leafs at the Rangers last night. Hell, Calgary nearly beat Vegas uh, on a back-to-back last night. So we saw a ton of examples. And Arizona gave Pittsburgh a pretty tough effort, you know, on a back-to-back against the Penguins. So I think Winnipeg early in this game actually has the edge. Playing last night off a disappointing loss to the San Jose Sharks, Kings first period following a long East Coast road trip back home. I like the Jets here in the first period in particular. That to me, I think is a decent spot. I think in the first period, that's, and we saw especially last night, Toronto strong in the first, uh, even on a back-to-back. Calgary strong in the first, uh, even on a back-to-back. And I think with the factor of the Jets off a really disheartening loss last night, and hey, while San Jose has been playing better lately, it's still San Jose. Don't love losing a game like that. Uh, they're going to be uh, strong on their toes, ready to rock early. And it could take the Kings 20 minutes or so to get their jet leg, get off their jet legs, if you will. Uh, no pun intended. Get off the uh, air miles that they were flying back home from that road trip and really get into that game tonight. So I think the Winnipeg Jets in the first period situationally is not a bad look at all. Uh, and that's what I prefer more than anything in this game is Jets first period plus 140. Uh, you can find at uh, Batano plus 130 plus 135 is out there uh, at some other places. So 
I think situationally, the Jets just have that little bit of an edge. Then as the game goes on, we might see, you know, the back-to-back, you know, catch up to the Jets as the game goes on. The LA Kings maybe get a little bit stronger uh, as the game goes on as well. But I think the Jets might be able to uh, take advantage of that early in the game. Connor Hellebuck, by the way, of course, as expected in net after they gave Brossois uh, the uh, start last night against San Jose. We expect Cam Talbot uh, as well in net for the uh, LA Kings tonight. So that's the main bet for me here from a side or a total perspective is looking at the uh, Winnipeg Jets in the first period. Uh, on the money line here at about plus 140 uh, in this game. I'm looking at head-to-head series. We've only had two overtime games in the last 10. The LA Kings did play two overtime games on the road trip. Will that happen here? We'll see. Um, I might sprinkle on the draw here, full game draw, um, but I don't like it as much as some of the other draws that I've already mentioned that I like here on this Wednesday night card. Uh, we've got uh, Alex. Um, he was yeah, uh, there. He He's, He's ready. All right. Yeah. What do you think here, Alex? Winnipeg, LA, really good game. Yeah, I've been flipping back and forth because I was making a, a bet on the on the other tab. So um, I, I I like Winnipeg here in this spot. We were talking about this last night at the end of the backcast, you know, and the way that kind of the game kind of ended. I think that motivation, along with just like I said, being juiced up for this game. You're playing the Kings, who are a good team. You know, we talked about it. Of course, I knew you were talking about it with the, with the player props, but obviously uh, the trade that was made during the offseason. So you got guys that are playing against their you know their old mates. Uh, I think this is going to be a really fun one. I think this could be kind of a playoff intensity to that first period. And that's why I like Winnipeg, uh, a full game, but also I'm going to tell you on that first period money line, because this could be one of those games where we talk about in the playoffs, where if you're, you know, the road team, you want to take the crowd out of it. I think for Winnipeg to come into, well, what we used to know as Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena, uh, and and get a goal and take that crowd out of it, kind of take the the wind out of the King's sails a little bit early. That will be the key to them beating a team like L.A. And, of course, them having Hello Buck starting in net, that's always a good sign, even though it's going up against Talbot, who's been very good this year. But I also like the first period over and both teams to score in the first period here, too. I think we're going to see, like I said, that energy transfer back and forth. But I could definitely see the Jets getting out of that first period with the lead, and I think they win this game. So I got uh, Winnipeg first period plus 140, Winnipeg full game plus 165. First period over one and a half minus a dollar twenty, and both teams to score in the first period at plus one seventy. And I also have two player props that I like. One is uh, Gabe Velarde at plus three thirty. The other one I'll be sharing for later on in the bargain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was going to get to uh, player props uh, as well uh, after uh, your um, uh, opinions on this game. And I agree. Well, we talked about this on the betcast last night. This is a uh, Velarde props night, and in fact. I think the Velarde props are some of the better ones of the entire board because this is him returning to L.A. And it's look, when you play your old team for the first time, um, you know, and we already and remember he missed he missed the L.A. at Winnipeg game earlier this year. He was injured at the time. He missed that game. So this truly is Gabe Velarde's first game against his old team, the L.A. Kings back in L.A. So that's extra special when you're facing that old team in their building. Um, So I think that's going to lead to a pretty solid effort and he's he's due to find the back of the net he's been better and better gradually getting back to game speed the few games he's been back from injury and now we're starting to get those value prices with Velarde plus 330 uh, at FanDuel uh, for him to score a goal tonight um, plus 228 to get an assist got to be on that as far as I'm concerned also for the Kings got to be on Quinton Byfield again as usual we've talked about him every uh, recent game 
uh, as long as he's getting better and better playing with Kopitar and with Kempe. So we definitely like those props for uh, uh, for Quinton Byfield. On the Winnipeg side, Velarde, also Dubois, you know, who uh, hasn't really been all that productive lately. Yeah. You actually, look, he is on a six-game streak without a point coming into this game for the uh, LA Kings. But what better team to get you out of that slump than the Winnipeg Jets, your old team? And he did score a goal against Winnipeg in the game in Winnipeg earlier this year uh, when they played. So going to go to the well with Dubois uh, here tonight as well. Velarde, Byfield, all of those three guys for uh, player props tonight uh, in this game, assorted goal and assist props. Uh, I think for Winnipeg too, maybe back to the well one more time too with, uh, it looks like they've dropped Barron to the third line tonight uh, in this game. So um, uh, th that's going to probably rule out looking in, in his direction. But Adam Lowry is now moving up to the second line center spot with Appleton and Perfetti uh, tonight for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So a little Lowry and a little Perfetti and maybe even a little Mason Appleton too. Uh, who's going to get up to that second line tonight for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So I'll have a little sprinkle on maybe those three second-line players for Winnipeg, but primarily it's Velarde for the Jets, it's Byfield for L.A., and it's Dubois uh, for L.A. as well, as far as my player prop looks uh, for this Jets-Kings game. And as uh, Alex mentioned, he's locked in for this Winnipeg-L.A. game. He's got lots uh, in action here. Uh, for the uh, Jets and the Kings tonight. Great stuff. Hit the like button. Over 200 live viewers. We appreciate it very much. Make sure you sign up and subscribe at patreon.com slash ice guys. Just $10 a month. The daily betting card uh, player props uh, every single day posted there. Uh, all the other content as well. We've got plenty in the new year coming up. We're really going to ramp up in January and beyond as football winds down with special shows, bonus shows, bonus, you know, uh, segments and videos that we're going to do just for our members only impromptu live betcasts for our members only as well many more of them coming in the new year uh plenty of bonus content so i'm telling you what get yourself prepared get ahead of the, the line if you will uh, and so sign up and subscribe right now now's the time because once january comes it's full throttle with bonus content for our members only at patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars a month and of course the ice guys store as always check out the merch there at iceguys.myspreadshop.com yeah, absolutely. Ice guys store. Like I said, you got to order with uh, Rush or Express delivery to get it uh, in time under the tree for Christmas. But we've got plenty of merch items that are still available at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Also, the limited edition store, we have that link pinned on our X page at the underscore ice guys. Uh, definitely get those things now. Like I said, I, you pretty much have to order everything Express to make sure it gets there. Uh, in time for the 24th to 25th, especially if you're in Canada, shipping is a little bit uh, slower. Might might actually have already passed on that deadline for international. So, uh, but definitely want to check out the store. And the main store is iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right. And now the next, and all right, next up, you know when you love it. You know what you love it. Uh, and we love it too. The bargain bin special of the night. Uh, and it is a five-game slate to choose from. Uh, you're going to the bargain bin, Alex, tonight. What have you found? Yeah, so we're heading out to Hollywood, that L.A. game with Winnipeg. And you mentioned that second line change with Adam Lowry uh, moving up, going up and uh, playing along with Mason Appleton. Mason Appleton was the guy that I kind of circled and looked for. Grabbed him at plus 550 at points bet, which is interesting. Points bet usually doesn't really have the, the strongest of player prop bots compared to the other books, but they had a, a good price there. So I think he's live to get a goal on that, that second line. And, you know, you mentioned about Morgan Barron dropping down. He's somebody I kind of had circled even in the third line spot because – you weren't the first person to mention. I actually heard a couple other uh, 
people on TV kind of mentioned about how, you know, he's able to just find his way to the front of the net, be in the right place at the right time. So even as a third line guy, I wouldn't shy away from him to tonight, but I think Mason Appleton at 550 is the, the better look. So that's my bargain bin special for tonight. Mason Appleton of the Jets to get a goal anytime, plus 550 at points. All right, up on the second line. I'll be having a piece of that as well. Mason Appleton, all those guys, Lowry and Perfetti as well. But Mason Appleton, plus 550, Winnipeg Jets for Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special of the night. I'm going to I'm gonna give you two tonight, and I don't like doing that because it's bargain bin special, not specials. Uh, but I can't decide between the two. And now that I see the price that's available with him at one book in particular, which meets the minimum criteria of plus 300, I, he has to be bargain bin special uh, as well. So, Two, Barton, this is not going to be a routine thing. This is a one-night-only thing. I'm giving you two bargain bin specials of the night. The first one comes from the Boston-New Jersey game. I love the price on Morgan Geeky. Okay, centering the second line, or sorry, centering the top line, I should say, with Jake DeBrusque uh, and David Posternock. Uh, just an incredible price here for someone that's going to get this kind of opportunity. Plus 470 for the top-line center for the Boston Bruins tonight. Morgan Geeky. Uh, plus 470. Uh, that is one of the two bargain bin specials of the night. The other, we're going back to that Winnipeg LA game. And now that I see that you can find plus 330 on him to find the back of the net tonight against his old team when he missed the first meeting against them, you cannot deny it's bargain bin worthy. Gabriel Velarde uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets plus 330 uh, at FanDuel. That is going to be my other uh, bargain bin special of the night. So a rare two pack for me. For bargain bin special of the night, Morgan Geeky, Boston, plus 470, and uh, Gabe Velarde, Winnipeg, plus 330. Uh, let's see if we can nice. go 3-0 tonight uh, with yeah. the uh, bargain <laughs> bin uh, special of the night. All right, it is time for best bets. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Oh, that's tough, actually, because a couple things that I really like. But we're going to go with Boston, New Jersey. Uh, both teams have scored in the first period. They can get, like I said, plus 160, plus 170. Shop around for that. I think we're going to see some decent pace in that game, and I like goals there early. So we'll go with both teams to score in the first at plus 170 is my best bet. All right, there we go. Boston, New Jersey. Uh, there we go. That is, uh, that's uh, over or both teams to score? Both teams to score first period. Both teams to score. All right. Both teams to score first period. Bruins Devils for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. Uh, my best bet It's actually also going to be a first period bet, but it's going to be a side bet. It's going to be Winnipeg and L.A. I like that Winnipeg look in the first period. I think it's a great situational look. I think the Jets will be strong early. It could take the Kings, you know, a period coming back off the long roadie to really find their legs in this game. I think the Jets can capitalize, and I love that the Jets are coming off that 2-1 loss against San Jose. Hellebuck and net. I think they can pounce on L.A. early and get the lead going into the uh, first intermission. So Winnipeg Jets plus 142, best price available in the first period. That is going to be my best bet here for this Wednesday night NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat uh, for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. And a special have fun in Montreal to our guy Goose, Tim York, yeah. uh, who's, of course, on the BetCast. He's going to be in Montreal. Safe travels. Enjoy that city. 
Uh, it's a hell of a city, especially for uh, if you want things to do at night. There's no question. There's a lot available. So and have a great trip there to Montreal on uh, Friday. Yeah, Beantown Friday uh, of the uh, show will uh, check in with you there. As, yeah, it sounds like you'll be able to watch the show Friday from there. Great stuff. We appreciate it. And again, thanks to all for the BetCast. It was another great one uh, last night. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for a massive Thursday card coming your way right here on the Ice Guys. 